Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 428. And we're here on a Saturday. I've never done a Saturday episode. How exciting. I hope you're all well. A lot of you will have already jumped into the Films of the Year podcast, which is always the first episode of the year. Last year, I did a TV shows of the year as a bonus. But this year, I wanted to do an MMA roundup. Kind of looking back at 2021 and looking forward to 2022. And I wanted to get some people on to chat with me. And the first choice was someone that I go to for so much <laughs> MMA information on Twitter or on his podcasts. That's plural. It's Sean Sheehan. He hosts a Severe MMA podcast amongst others now. Um, and he did a video that we'll actually put a link to in the in the thing and we talk about it briefly here he did a video about the judging criteria in mma and i recommend any mma fan watches it because it completely changes your watching of mma and your understanding of it it genuinely helps it's his pinned tweet if you want to find it that way he's at sean sheehan ba that's s-e-a-n-s-h-e-e-h-a-n-b-a yeah so i wanted to get sean on and then when I was talking about it online, I talked about having Blake Harrison on as well. And Blake Harrison has been on the podcast, but since he came on the podcast, the MMA fan podcast has gone crazy. So it was a no-brainer to get Blake on. And speaking of no-brainers, um, I invited Stu Whiffin as well, Blake's co-host of the MMA fan podcast. Um, the only regret I had is that three guests is kind of the, uh, the limit that I can really, I don't know, make work on a podcast that you can actually listen to. Because I would have loved to have, have had Brian Lacey on as well. Brian Lacey is a great commentator, and he's often on the MMA fan podcast with me. Uh, we've got a little MMA group chat. But yeah, I couldn't fit too many people on. So I definitely want to have Brian on down the line. And I recommend... Uh, following brian on socials anyway but i wanted to sit down and look at the past year and look forward to the next year so we're going to do exactly that it's going to be a lot of fun before we get into it obviously as ever if you want to support the podcast you can head to speech development spend some of that christmas money on some of our good 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 stuff or head to patreon.com forward slash scroobius pit but none of that's that important in fact, I'd prefer you support um, Sean's Patreon because his work, he's now gone full-time in MMA and he's doing amazing work. So the Severe MMA Patreon and all that kind of thing is all all the place to go. But I'll stop rambling on. This is episode 200 and... Not 200. We've done more than 200 episodes. It's episode 428. And it's the MMA Roundup with Sean Sheehan of the Severe MMA Podcast and Blake and Stew of the MMA Fan Podcast. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. Right. Here we are. I'm here today with Sean Sheehan of the Severe MMA podcast and Stu and Blake of the MMA Fan Podcast. How are you all guys? Hello. Good. You're right. Good, good. 
Um, I, I want to. I've got a load of things. Like we're doing a, a bit of a year roundup, and I want to talk to you both, kind of how your years have been and how your podcasts have been. But we're recording this the day after the last big UFC of of the year, and we can't not mention it, right? Oh man, it was a hell of a, a hell of a card and a hell of a event. How'd you find it? It was incredible. It was, I mean, it was a great card anyway. But I mean, the the big talking point is obviously Juliana Pena. Yeah, and I was just, I was, I went down to the 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 MMA on point guys and did yes. like a fight companion. So I was basically, I've, I've been awake for about twenty eight hours, <laughs> then had about two hours sleep, and I'm now here with you. I so uh, I think I saw a tweet from you, Sean, and it was exactly how I felt that. I'm not ready for the Oliveira uh, uh, Poirier fight because yeah. there's just too much. There was too many emotions. It was too shocking. I could my night could have ended there, and I would have been like, "That was amazing. I, it was incredible." Well, it, it was kind of summed up perfectly by Pena's reaction. Like, kind of when yeah. she was taken off of her, was like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, that's it's over. You've oh oh I've, oh okay yeah." Kind of it's like <laughs> Jesus, but amazing right just yeah her her grit and and i i, I tweeted b- boasting that, that i called it on the on the mma fan pod but in reality that was based completely off the julia pena that that we saw in tough rather than the julia pena that we've seen in recent times in the ufc and we happened to get that juliana pena that was the one that came out and was just proper or she broke her was it's as simple as that. She put the pressure on and bullied her and didn't show her the respect. The example I used on the on the podcast was a Chow Sonnen against Anderson. Was in all the build up, he was saying everyone's respected him. I'm going to go in there and beat him up, and that's what Juliana ended up ended up doing. How how was it f- f- for you, Sean? Also watching live and trying to process if it's if you've fallen asleep. Um, I know you'd had the booster jabs. So you were probably a bit, a bit hazy. If you were thinking this probably isn't happening, is it? How, how was it? It was weird because like I fell asleep in the middle of cage wires, just missed almost all of that. Then I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm tired now. So I just went back, went to bed for like three hours and missed like the start of the prelims. So I was actually pretty awake for it. It was like the middle of the day. I was like, I don't know. It was like a fucking owl or something going around the best, but it was, uh, it was crazy. It's one of those ones I think we've all experienced as people in this side of the, the world where we're watching it like half six in the morning and there's no one around and then there's just like this mad thing happens and you're kind of looking around for, <laughs> for someone to talk to about it and it's just, that was absolutely crazy. But it's like, it, there was a surreal part about it where you're watching it live and you're like, am I actually watching this? Is this actually happening right now? Because... I, I tweeted just before the fight, like, I haven't even thought about Juliana Pena winning. You yeah. know, imagine if she did win. It had just yeah. changed the whole landscape. And then, in the in the space of seconds, she actually does win. And I, I went back and I watched the fight last night, and I watched it this morning as well before I recorded the Severe May podcast. And just to get, like, a, a better look at maybe the fight itself and the a, a, fighter A versus fighter B and the X's nose versus the X's nose... And it was, there's like, you could spend an hour breaking down that fight in, in the way, you know, you think it went from, from either person's point of view. But it was, I suppose, shocking is the word. Like, I think everyone was there and they were just shook. And as as you said, like, 
waiting for that main event. I think everyone probably would have looked. We'll have the main event next week. Let's have yeah. Warrior fight next week. We're just not able for it now. It was just, it was that shocking. It, was, it, it went too soon. Like my reaction is always, I've learned like when something crazy happens is to just go on a massive liking fest on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll barely tweet anything, but I'll be tweeting every comment from every MMA journalist. It's just going, Oh my God, this is insane. Um, Stu, you weren't, weren't watching live because you were away. Did you manage to avoid spoilers? Cause it, I did. As, as we were saying as well, that is the kind of fight that it is tough to avoid. Like when something like that happens, it yeah. is tough to avoid spoilers because it's so everyone's kind of usual MMA etiquette on social media goes out the window a bit because you have to just go, oh my God, <laughs> Juliano totally, Pena is the totally. champion. I mean, I, I, I finished watching it maybe about an hour ago, uh, so I've, I've, I'm up to speed. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, uh, uh, whether we talk about any more of, of that card. It was incredible from start to finish. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, obviously, guess you called it uh, on our podcast. And uh, <laughs> and I knew, it, I knew it'd only take a few minutes into this podcast before you brought that up. Um, but yeah, it was it was like that. And and I remember like when I first when you see um, Holly Holm starch Ronda, it was yeah. like fuck that that wasn't in the plan, and and it felt like that last night. It was like we spoke, you know, about like, who do we think is going to win, and right. So what's next for uh, for Nunes? Like where do we go? With Not what's next for Pena. That was never in discussion. And it's like, all right, maybe we should have had that conversation as well because. Look what's happened. It was it was remarkable, and uh, and yeah, I, I thought Nunes was so gracious as well. Like I thought she yeah. was uh, an, an an absolute pro uh, in the way that she uh, she swallowed defeat. Yeah, loved it. I'm, Absolutely I'm, loved I'm, it. I'm definitely aiming to to turn that one good prediction into a Jack Slack esque career where I claim <laughs> I'm the one that figured out how to beat Ronda, how to beat Barrera. <laughs> Told you, had it all figured out. But, I mean, we won't go into the rest of that card much because both of, or all three of you guys have got your own podcast that will have covered it extensively by the time this comes out in the new year. Um, as said, we're going to do a bit of a roundup of the year or a look back at the year and a look forward into the new year. But before we do that, on the MMA front, I want to kind of talk to you each as podcasts on how your your, your year's been. So as Sean is is the new guy on, on, on Distraction Pieces, I want to talk to you about how your year been because you've basically been... You, your tweets are on the on the show so much, you're basically part of the production. And <laughs> your your j- j- judging video, John Anik references it r- regularly. You've genuinely made an impact on, on MMA this year, and that's fucking amazing, man. You did... For anyone who doesn't know, you did a really good breakdown of the judging criteria in MMA. And... I was going to say loads of commentators have 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 watched it and paid attention. One or two, <laughs> one or two commentators have. Uh, several haven't. But how's that been, man? To to go from kind of as you talk on Severe MMA a lot, you started as just a fan talking mm-hmm. about MMA. You don't often refer to yourself as a journalist, really. But you've now got to a point where you're having that influence and impact. How's it been? Yeah, it's it's still hard to like fathom that, but with, with, with like with the judging part, you know, I, I I think I have a little bit. It's still, that video. The problem is you have an impact, and I think the thing about when you speak about judging, and you know, we won't get into the whole judging discussion, I suppose. But 
all of us here have kind of experienced it, whether it's watching that video or reading the rules or listening to a podcast, say with Ben Cartledge or someone like that on it, that when you hear it explained in, in even like a quick form, 20 minute video or a quick, you know, three and a half pages, it just clicks and it makes sense in your head. And mm-hmm. I feel like people who kind of get that knowledge really want to share that knowledge or, you know, uh, <laughs> tell people that I know, I understand, I have a better uh, understanding of how judging works and you should know that too. But the problem is, I don't, I don't think many people want to actually put in that effort of like doing the 10 minutes to actually get it. That's yeah. the most frustrating part. But I, I feel like there has been an impact in, you know, I've done different podcasts and spoken to different people and I have to give credit to, you know, Ben Carlich. He's been absolutely fantastic. You know, I speak to him daily and weekly about different fights and everything like that. And I think, you know, if I'm to pat myself on the back a little bit, I put a lot of effort into it because I don't think many people kind of can put effort into it. And, you know, you talk about the podcast and a lot of people covering MMA who should be doing what kind of I've tried to do over the last year or two. They just don't have the time or they have like editors behind their back telling them to cover this thing and do this thing and do it. Whereas me, I'm kind of independent and genuinely independent and kind of can do what I want and cover what I want. And I have no one telling me what to do. And if I want to spend, you know, an hour talking to a judge or talking about judging, even if it only gets, you know, a thousand people watching it or whatever it might be, I'm willing to do and I'm willing to put in those, uh, you know, those hard yards, I suppose, to do it. And uh, yeah, I've. I'm happy enough. I'm very happy with the coverage I've given to that over the, over the last year. And I feel like it's important and it's doing, I suppose, what journalism should be, getting information that people know out there to as many people as you can. Yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing as well. And I want to just stress, because again, rather than, than quiz you on it all and make you go through it all again, I want to stress for people to go and watch that video because I think it improves your enjoyment of MMO. You don't have that sitting again. The 10-point must system doesn't work. Oh, how did they score it like that? And things like that. Because you realise that, honestly, 90% of the time, I think that they get it right. And previously, I'd always be, you can't leave it in the hands of the judges and things like that. About uh, uh, 10 years ago, I went on... Mark Goddard used to do a refereeing and judging course. And I went on that. And John Gooden was there. And he was amazing. Me and John got the top marks at the end of the thing. There was another MMA journalist there who left after the free lunch and didn't stay for the second half. I won't name any names, but he's he had he had long hair. Um but yeah, so so it was it, 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 but doing that course again it's changed a lot since then because at that point damage wasn't scored and things like that. And a thing that stuck with me then was Mark Goddard saying the reason damage isn't scored is you can hit Dan Henderson in the face with um a fire extinguisher for the whole round and he won't show a mark, whereas you brush past Marcus Davis and he'll look like he's been in a car accident. So, but again, all the things are changing. It's why I think, yeah, things like that do add to your in- enjoyment of it all. And and you've gone f- full time at the end of the year here as as an independent MMA coverer, right? How's yeah, how's yeah. that? It's it's uh, it's good. I suppose it's new. I just started working for uh, for Sure Dog, doing my own kind of three shows a week, doing uh, previews of you know Cage Warriors and Bellator and stuff, and doing a bit of a betting show, and then. Uh, and other shows as well, that whatever I want to do. And like this week, I talked about Amanda Nunes or I do an interview or something like that. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. But uh, as you all probably know, like having to fucking start out tax now and stuff and being you know, self-employed. And stuff, well, let's see how that goes next October when I actually have to do that so I can get back to it in. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm enjoying it. Look, it's something that 
I thought I'd never get out of MMA, to be honest. When I when I started doing it, uh, I literally, I just kind of started as a fan and then I, I was doing my, you know, my picks and stuff and someone asked me, did I want to write an article for a website? And I was like, yeah. And then I kind of fell into it and I fell into a podcast and I fell I just fell into like loads of different things and here I am, you know, like 10 years later. And I'm like, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to do it, turn in, you know, a passion into a job, I suppose. Like, you know, all of us here, I suppose, have done, uh, you know, throughout our lives and it's, it's great. And as I said, I'll see how it'll go in, in a year's time, but it's, it's going pretty well so far. And like, I feel like you can't fake passion as well for something like MMA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that people, if you do a podcast for fucking how many, 342 episodes like I've done so far, I just think you'd either give it up or people would just stop listening if, you know, if you, and you know, there's times everyone loses a bit of passion, of course, if there's, you know, some, a boring card or something like that on, but, uh, yeah, I, I still love the sport and I love it in different ways. I feel like the judging part as well, has, I've kind of found a new way to love MMA yeah. and I think you need to do that as well. And I suppose in any part of life, but in MMA, it's, it's forever changing and it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, as I said, I'm glad I can uh, go full time and do it that way. I love it. You touched upon, cage warriors there and Stu and blake you guys started the mma fan podcast this year and number one it's been amazing but but number two like on my highlights of the year i've got cage warriors in general and i think part of my amazing enjoyment of that is because of the work you boys have done with cage warriors just interviewing so many of the fighters and getting these amazing stories out there and you realize how much more invested you are if if you know who who what's going on who these people are it makes a difference so how's it been for you guys yeah, yeah we've, we've really got our timings really good as podcasters <laughs> we, now. this happens every week with the intro of the show the outro who's asking the first questions we're I'm, always I'm like purposely going to be quiet now let you go oh uh, no um well like in terms of like the podcast overall i mean it's just been this incredible thing like what well, our first we people that don't know i think we've maybe have spoken about this on your show pip before or i have um you know we i was doing one of Stu's many other podcasts because he's like <laughs> got so many fucking fingers in podcasting pies we i did one of your one of Stu's other shows and um we ended up talking about mma just randomly for about an hour rather than talking about the reason we were actually there, which is like a music-based podcast. And so we just decided to do this just because both of us thought, oh, it'd be nice to just talk to someone about MMA. I know that I didn't really have any uh, mates that followed the sport with the kind of passion that I had for it. And I think at the time, Pip, you were in Canada. So yeah. you, were, you weren't easily accessible to Stu. He was, have anyone to talk he was to, very yeah. quick to replace you, let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> he was really quick on that. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and, and it just all kind of fell into place. And I think we thought, <clears throat> oh, we'll preview some of the big numbered cards and like maybe do a post show about it every now and again. And, and we'll interview the odd fighter or two if, if they can be bothered to come on the show. And the the response we had from getting fighters on and stuff has just been incredible. I mean, the, the, we, we had Alexander Volkanovsky on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely nuts. And then, and you Woodley. know, from having uh, Tyron Woodley, you know, I mean, madness. It, it, it's just like mad how some of it's happened, really. We had some, some absolutely top, top fighters on the show. and Some um, top, top fighters and some topless fighters, speaking <laughs> of Woodley, um, who, <laughs> who came on with space? no shirt on. <laughs> in yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, and then the, the Cage Warriors thing that you mentioned, you're absolutely right. Like, I can't 
sit here and lie and say, oh, I've been watching Cage Warriors for the last five years. I haven't. I, I You know, it's it's something that sort of passed me by. I watched the UFC and that was sort of it. But now that we're doing this, we somehow have developed a relationship with Cage Warriors and we talk to them every now and again and we, we're trying to get their fighters on. And some of the stories, like um, I, I feel really sorry for Oban Elliott in particular who, who lost his fight against Meadows Flamines the other night. But I mean, what a story! That, I mean, you had him on, Sean, didn't you, as well? I mean, the, the yeah. guy like lost lost his, his father very sadly committed suicide when uh, Oban was only seven years old, and his career in combat sports seems to be sort of like an homage to his dad, who was uh, like uh, boxing and stuff like that. Then he's trying to make a career for himself, realizes he, he's diagnosed with a heart arrhythmia, which keeps him out of competition for a year, may have completely stopped his whole career. And now he's come back from that. I mean, and and amazingly, stories like that seem to happen every now and again with with these athletes. You, it, it, it's amazing, and and, sports... and and seem to not be particularly out there. Like the amount of stories yeah. I've heard on you guys have been like, this is like a movie or characters like the Hardwick brothers who I hadn't heard of at all. And it's like, why haven't these guys got their own pot? Like this is this is why they got their own entertainment? Sitcom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's mad, right? Oh, it's yeah. been brilliant. It really has, hasn't it? And, and you know, from never sort of meeting Blake to... I think we've recorded about 30 episodes before we even met, haven't we? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we met and we met to go to the Cage Warriors show. Yeah, we um, did. Yeah. To, to, to watch Ian Gary win the strap. I'm trying to think who else fought. Uh, we went two nights on the bounce, didn't we? And it was it was wonderful. We went back to the Fighters Hotel afterwards, didn't we? And got to, to sit yeah. and, and, and have a drink with with. with uh, Graham Boylan and proper, Mr. President. He's, he's proper replaced me, Blake. Stu, who have you been to <laughs> the UFCs with? Who's taken you to all the UFCs over the years? Soon as I'm away, you're like, oh, I'm at another Cage Warriors event with Blake. Oh, wicked. Yeah. This will teach Pip for going to Canada, <laughs> Gavin, an acting career. I'll show him. Unbelievable. Oh, it's well, been brilliant, hasn't it? It's been a right crack. As said, yeah, it's been amazing. But b- Both of your podcasts are ones that, I listen to every episode. They're always first on my list because, as we've all talked about, if you're an MMA fan, you just want to talk about it all and hear about it all and just engage in that. And you don't always have, as Sean was saying about watching live, you don't always have someone to talk about it to afterwards. So I'm waking up. The amount of times I'm just checking Twitter and 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 my my podcast app for when the Severe MMA episode will, will drop on the Sunday because I'm like... I went to bed at 6am. I've not had anyone to speak to since then about it. I need to hear you guys analyse it. So, yeah, it's great stuff. Well, speaking of analysing it, I want to kind of get some highlights and lowlights of the year from each of you. For me, as I said, Cage Warriors in general has been a highlight. I think the cards that they've put on with their trilogies and the the double night recently, I think the matchmaking uh, from Ian Dean and just everything... Everything Cage Warriors are doing at the moment has been an absolute highlight for me. And it tends to sit perfectly either on a weekend when there's no MMA and you don't know what to do with yourself or when you're waiting to watch a UFC event that starts in the middle of the night. It's the perfect lead-ins. So, yeah, what, um, let's, let's start with Sean. Have you got any kind of highlights that come to mind instantly? Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about it. Like- my one, and I remember when I was on the, the podcast with the lads there, asked me, like, what fight in history would I like to see? And I remember I said uh, Fedor versus Brock. And th- this year has been, 
I really think this year I've, I've tried really to to talk about MMA history as well a lot and, and kind of yeah. respect the fighters that have come on and talk about, you know, as someone who's been covering the sport now for almost a decade, to, to talk about where fighters have come from and where they are, like even seeing Poirier last night. So my, my highlight of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Jose Aldo, to be honest. because yes. he if, was on my list, yeah. If you respect, like, where he's come from to where he is right now, and his slight adjustments of his style, but also sticking with his style, and that mm-hmm. style still being good. Like, t- to look at that, and if we look at it from purely an X's and O's point of view, or p- purely a sporting point of view, to understand that Jose Aldo can still be as successful now as he, you know, maybe not as he e- ever has been, but to beat every contender that, that comes near him, to respect that style and the basic brilliance of that style, I think is a standout thing for me because sometimes people get figured out. You know, sometimes mm. you can keep going, like someone like you, Annie and Jacek, I think her style got a little bit figured out or a Ronda Rousey or even a Nate Diaz or a McGregor at times. Loads of other people down through the years, if it's a Tito Ortiz or a Chuck Liddell and stuff. The longevity of that style, okay, he's had some losses, but he, he's always come back and always proven that his style is good for MMA and works and that he him as a fighter himself is just fantastic like the adjustments he made in that last fight against Rob Font were just spectacular like and I always think that's what makes a great fighter the ability to adjust while also being like technical and sticking to what makes you great and that was a standout thing for me like when I think back in this year I'm not a great one for looking back on the years because uh, you know I cover so much and talk so much and I have a terrible memory that I can't remember but Jose Aldo only fought like two weeks ago so I can remember that and that's that's definitely something that sticks out for me I mean, I think you're completely right because he's also one that it took me a minute to realise, oh, hang on, he's still really good. I think because of the parallels of him and, and Henan Burrell, how they were these two undefeated guys and then Henan lost and then kind of never got anywhere near it again. So when Aldo lost to McGregor, it was kind of in my mind and probably for a few years afterwards, I was like, yeah, he's done. He's the, done. The, like The sport has moved on. The sport has caught yeah. up and all that. And then... You start to look, he's like, oh, no, he's beating good and losing like good fights with Jan or or, or, or Max or whoever else. And yeah, the most spectacular thing about that, though, is like you get knocked out by Conor McGregor in what was it, 13 seconds. And in your next fight, you got 25 minutes with Frankie Edgar and you just destroy him for all mm. 25 minutes. Mm. Fighters don't do that. Like you you don't get knocked out cold after ha- going 10 years without a defeat. And then come back and destroy someone as good as Frank Edgar. You just fighters don't do that. He's or Jose Aldo is really a special, special fighter, and he keeps doing it. Every time he loses, he keeps bouncing back and you know just proving himself again and again and again. And we don't see that. It's not a thing we've ever seen in MMA. Really, we don't. Fighters haven't done that. Nobody else has really done that. And I, I like I genuinely think Jose Aldo is one of the greatest of all time. And especially you know being someone here in Ireland that there was a lot of disrespect shown to Aldo around yeah. the time in McGregor, and I didn't sit well with me and I know other people who are MMA fans in Ireland and not just McGregor fans you know you can be a McGregor fan you can also respect Aldo but I, I didn't like the, the way he was treated um, and I'm glad that he's kind of shoved it to those people and he's still going and you know even some people might say he's doing better than Conor McGregor right now and it'd be hard to argue with him so I'm I'm delighted to see Jose Aldo doing well. I completely agree. Stu have you got a, a highlight of the year that comes to mind? 
Yeah, the UFC fight night that was meant to the doomed London card that um, that never yeah. that, that never happened in 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 our town, and so uh, got moved stateside. But to see Paddy make his debut was incredible. Everything and you get want through from adversity as well. Perfect, perfect to just get clipped early on and think, "Oh shit, this could be the worst start ever," and to then do what he done was incredible knowing that Molly potentially could have been cut if she lost that fight and yeah. then just delivered a, a just all heart. Never never a backward step with Molly. I love watching that. And it was a night of post-fight interviews as well, wasn't it? Paddy, Molly, everyone was just absolutely on fire in that yeah, respect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and Tom Aspinall as well, you yeah. know, just, just looked incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, I just thought that, obviously, Till lost... But I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Darren Till fan, and, and I'm, I'm a fan of Derek Brunson. So um, you know, we was lucky to to get a bit of time with Derek as well, and so I was kind of, you know, on his side a little bit. So I was uh, I was not sort of necessarily too devastated to see to see uh, see Till lose. Um, but yeah, I think mainly on that card, it was just just seeing Paddy make his debut and seeing that he's going to be a legit superstar in the UFC. I love it. I love it. Blake, what's been your your highlight? Uh, well, I mean, both those things were, were on my list. I mean, just the, the, the state of UK MMA at the moment, I think is so unbelievably exciting for yeah. the reasons that, that Stu mentioned. And there's so many great fighters coming. Other than Till, who seems to have had a few issues lately, uh, there's so many UK fighters that are doing <coughs> phenomenal UK well. and Ireland. <coughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, Ireland's had a mixed one, isn't it, though? But because I, I do, because because it was it, we, we had Ian Gary. Looks like he's gonna be a real, real star. Yeah, we'll we'll take some UK fighters. Huh? Well, that was one of the ones I was, I was going to bring up because both of your podcasts have really championed yeah. Ian Gary as a, and he's absolutely yeah. delivered. Yeah, I mean, we had that, but then we we had those unfortunate couple of weeks with. Peter Queeley, James Gallagher and Sinead Kavanagh not quite getting it done over yeah. in Bellator. Although I have to say, this, is, this isn't on my list, but it's just reminded me of it. I think the Peter Queeley walkout at Bellator was one of the most amazing things I've that, ever seen. That and bit it of was, comms we, introduces. Yes. We, we talked about this on the podcast, yeah. I think, where we talked about the commentary that talked about the history of the uh, the song Zombie. I can't remember who sung that. Uh, but, um, Cranberries. Cranberries, yeah. that is it, yeah. Uh, and Peter Quinney walking out to How that. Can and you, whole... you say that in front of Stu, a music nerd, and Sean, an Irish human. <laughs> from Limerick. <laughs> from Limerick as well. I've had two hours sleep in about 30 hours. The Lars Lorraine used to live in, in obviously from Limerick. And it would, there used to be a market back in the day. You go into Limerick City and it'd be there, I think it was every. Uh, uh, Saturday, every Saturday yeah. morning, and you see her. She'd be in the market all the time. I used to see her every week. It was ma- mad to think back of it now. I didn't. I didn't really get it at the time, but I think I would have like, you know. Oh, that's it with the song. It, so. And again, as as not Irish people from Limerick, it's a song. Mm. Always been aware of it. M- me and my brother always joke when the when it was used in the in the UFC at one point. I think it was Paul Felder said. Um, a Kenny Florian does an amazing acoustic version of this, which has oh. just stuck in our minds ever since the, the thought of Kenny Florian doing an acoustic version of Zombie. But that that bit of commentary, and again, I've kind of laughed in the past at that guy's introductions because they seem so scripted. And mm. so here we are coming down and it will all be over the top. This one, though, I thought just, yeah, as you say, Blake, just hit all the spots and the timing of it, everything. It was literally... 
pitch yeah. perfectly to, to just as the vocals come in and the crowd it was oh, erupted. That, that, that crowd. You couldn't hear. Who was the ring announcer again? Was it Michael um, C. Williams? Michael yeah. C. Williams. You couldn't hear him because yeah. the crowd was so loud. It was. It just felt really special, and it's such a shame that the fight didn't end in in Queeley's favor. But I mean, I, I I kind of feel like I want to talk about the Aldo stuff as well. But just like, because just to briefly mention that, like Aldo did that thing of like, ah, uh, I've been beaten by Max. I've been beaten by Volk. I'm clearly not at the top level. Let me drop down a weight class. And everyone was like, oh, well, this is the beginning of the end, mm. isn't it? Whenever mm. these guys drop down a weight class, when they've you know lost a few, that's it. It's, it's game over. And he smashed it. He took on Marlon Marias, who was, who was doing well at the, really well at that moment in time. And I would say beat Marias from what I remember. I know the judges didn't score it that way, but I felt yeah. like in, in real time, I was giving that to Aldo. He fights Peter Yarn anyway, who I think is going to go on to be possibly quite a long-reigning champion in, in an absolutely stacked division. And then he's taken out Munoz, Font, and Chito Vera, all of which are right up there in the top 10. Yeah. And yeah, I mean... Phenomenal stuff. But I mean, I've got a list as long as my arm of like great highlights, but, <laughs> and I keep getting overexcited about it, but I'm going to just go it's, with the it's one. why I went to Stu before you, but, <laughs> yeah. because I knew you'll have a long list and be really prepped and Stu will be hoping we'll, <laughs> no, no one says the one thing he's thought of. I've, 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 I've learned how you guys work. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, there's so many, I mean, there's so many great fights, you know, fighter of the year contenders and stuff like that. And great stories in terms of Oliveira Glover, stuff like that. But the bit that just made me go, holy shit, was the return of Hamzat Shemaev. It was incredible Mate. to do that to Li Jingliang after being out with COVID. And up until that point, everyone was like, oh my God, Hamzat Shemaev's amazing. And I was sitting there going, all right, he's beaten Reese McKee. He beaten was it Marshman? He mm. beat uh, or was it Philip? Who did he beat? John uh, Phillips, Phillips, yeah, Phillips, sorry, Phillips, and then Mearshart. And you're like, okay, yeah, they're really impressive, but no one that's like a top top guy who you think is is going to be a real problem down the line or anything like that. And to do what he did to Li Jingliang after being out with COVID when he said he could potentially retire and. Everyone, uh, he picked him up like I would pick up my four-year-old son and moved him across the octagon and just dropped him in front of Dana White and was talking to Dana whilst just doing the business. Telling Dana to get off his phone. Just <laughs> mind-blowing. It's Everything about it was just amazing <laughs> to the point where I think Usman is definitely the pound-for-pound pound top guy at the moment. Uh, he's probably one or two title defences away from being the best welterweight of all time. He's Usman is unbelievable, and I would love to see Usman fight Shemaev. And I think mm, Shemaev already. actually does have a chance. And he's not really beaten anyone. In, he's not beaten anyone in the top ten. And yeah. it's just, it's just crazy how for some people, when there's this mad hype, and for a while we think, oh my god, I think the hype is real, and but it then, is so exciting. I mean, Khabib has shown us that you don't have to beat that many good people to be considered the greatest of all time. So it's. The, the path is laid out there. You're getting trouble um, now like I did last week for saying things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've only dropped that in because of the Aldo talk as well. It, it annoyed me when everyone was questioning Aldo's heritage when, yeah, but obviously Khabib's amazing. Well, we'll get on to lowlights, I guess. And the one that comes to mind for me, and I'm I, I'm aware I'm probably stealing this off Sean, so I've, I'm happy to share it, but MMA commentary... Um, 
Bellator, I've not been enjoying for a long time. Um, or yeah, for after uh, essentially since Mauro Ranello left. Um, for a long time, Sh- Sean would talk on the podcast about how bad DC is, and I'd be sitting there thinking, "That's how I think about Bisping." Like I'm, I'm not a fan of Bisping's commentary. I feel he just again, he's trying to tell jokes and be a lad, but. This year, I've had to come completely on board with the DC um, questioning with Sean and Dominic Cruz, um, who both kind of agree and have this view. So the only reason I think it's important rather than a joke is, I mean, I'd put Rogan in there as well. And I think Rogan has a lot of responsibility for why the sport has got to where it is. From my understanding of the sport, from what he's spoken about but I think in recent years he's not been quite at the level he, he once was only reason I think it's important is the influence that that has over people thinking that this is how fights are scored people thinking all these things that that are now inaccurate because of commentary teams not knowing their thing on the plus side you've got a John Anik who now number one has the knowledge but two now kind of has the confidence to say it would always say in a, a diminutive kind of way that a, a by the way to Bisping or to Cormier that that's not how it's scored and that's this John G- G- Gooden the huge loss of Dan Hardy from from the UFC comms team but yeah that that's kind of been one of my lowlights of the year and again I know I know Stu has always hated DC so again it, I think it's why I defended him a bit I was like he's not that bad Stu he's good I think I was ultra defensive and now about to come round but yeah how do have any of you guys got any views on, on the commentary no not me not i think i've kind of gone overboard in dc a little bit recently i, I don't want to say too much. but yeah i just i feel like when you watch other sports like i'd watch the nfl the odd time i used to watch it a good bit before but you listen to those guys i think al michaels and chris collins wrote their name and you listen to it and you like immediately know that they're a good you know, commentary duo, they explain it well, they they just are so clean and clever and smart and they do it so well. And then you can imagine someone just tuning into an MMA event and they hear Daniel Cormier saying that a fighter looks like a character from a TV show that he watches that nobody else in the commentary team watches and he's trying yeah. to explain it to them. It's like... What what are we doing here? Like, or or this guy who's like, imagine if you're listening to an NFL game and Tom Brady is on the commentary and he doesn't know what a touchdown is. Like, that's what we have in MMA. You know, we 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 literally have a guy who is a champion of the world and he doesn't understand how the sport sport is scored. It's just incredible, and I think and, it, it makes MMA look and bad. And that's the thing: it's it's the lack of respect for how for things are scored. Completely mm. understand Cormier kind of going, "Oh, you're saying I don't know." what counts as a takedown and it's like you don't because you know what counts as a takedown in wrestling Mm -hmm. but you're clearly from what he said he doesn't know what the scoring criteria is for what counts as a takedown and it doesn't count controlled and yeah and and it's just yeah it's it's heartbreaking and yeah and kind of damaging have either of you guys Stuart Blake got anything to to add on it I know Blake you weren't too much of a fan of Cruz kind of calling them out or the professionalism of it which i completely yeah, no, agree I, I, yeah i i think you watched it i mean don't get me wrong i was there with my popcorn watching that <laughs> youtube video and i loved every single second of it but yeah no i think i if if, if for example if if Stu were to come out and say on the podcast 
Blake your shit because X, Y, and Z, and he he absolutely meant every word he said, I'd be turning off that podcast and going, why didn't you just say that behind the scenes? Yeah, and then I'll yeah. change it and I'll work on it and I'll tweak it. And obviously, look, Cruz is about to have a fight. He's going for a weight cut. He's clearly quite, you know, testy. Uh, but um, I just think you keep that... Uh, for me, I think you keep that shit in-house. Like, unless you're just having a laugh and you're you're mucking about and all that stuff... He must know that DC is under a bit of pressure at the moment Mm -hmm. because his commentary is not for everyone, shall we say. I think it's it's the combination of DC and Bisping that Jack Slack refers to as Gogglebox commentary, which I think is just perfect because it is (laughs) two blokes just having a chat and not really calling a fight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, mean, look, I I think there's a place for some of it in in MMA. I don't mind it. I, I I remember particularly listening to to DC commentating on a few heavyweight fights and and finding it entertaining and and, and mm. enjoying it. But you're right when you've got a guy saying talking about the Colby Usman fight with the takedowns and 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 stuff like that. It it does start getting a bit a bit frustrating. But overall, I'm I'm not. I, I think the biggest loss is what you mentioned pit with is the loss of dan hardy i think dan hardy had that beautiful balance between being entertaining not necessarily in the same way as a dc or a biscuit where he's just having joke joke banter banter but he's still got that entertaining thing but it's almost like it's an educated entertaining you i feel like i'm becoming more intelligent by listening to him Mm -hmm. talk about like hannibal of carthage or hannibal lecter and all this kind of stuff and you're like i love this this is great this is entertaining but it's all really deeply rooted in in the knowledge of the sport and you can tell when you read his book and stuff like that this is a guy that's really deep into the kind of not just the fight aspect, the martial arts aspect of the sports. And and I, I really love that. I've got a lot of time for that. And I think the way that all played out was a real, real shame. And I think the UFC have lost, in my opinion, the best MMA commentator going. And 100%. the product and, has suffered because of it. But again, to shout out Dan Hardy even more and the whole Cage Warriors team, that three-man booth is fantastic. They, they make a three-man booth work. There's never any getting sidelined or distracted. There's never any talking over each other. It's really good. But sticking with you then, Blake, what's your kind of low light that comes to mind? Uh, well, I don't know whether to even say it. I mean, it's it's such a big thing, but it's a low light in my eyes just for multiple reasons, both from an individual perspective on the fighter, but also on the implication that it leaves on the sport and the people that are fans of the sport. And if you haven't guessed, I'm talking about the John Jones allegations. Yeah. It's just, I mean, we can look, the the big picture is obviously these people's lives that we're talking about here. It's his fiance. It's his children. You just want people to be safe and out of of harm's way. And obviously, we have to say allegedly, allegedly, we don't, we weren't there. We don't know what happened. But when you read the police report, and we spoke about this on one of our catch-up episodes, me and Stu, when you read the police report, it's quite damning and it's incredibly concerning. I, again, I, I, I thought you guys did a really good job on that because you also brought up the kind of, obviously, alcoholism is a massive, serious thing. But it felt at 
at a point that that was another thing that he was John was using as an excuse. It was kind of uh, he's never spoken about addiction before in that way. Obviously, from the outside, you can probably say there's some issues there, but the yeah. fact that he kind of brought it up as his after his usual God stuff didn't work, he he went to I'm I'm an addict. Yeah, you know, you can't, hope you, you can't, can forgive me and all this. It's like, come on, mate. It's not, it's not a, a weapon. It's not a shield. It's, it's, that's it. It's the shield. It's f- using faith or, or 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 alcoholism or addiction or anything like that as a shield, and it means that the the way it came across to me on his social media on all that stuff is he was sort of sort of playing the victim. Obviously, he would go, "Oh no, but I took yeah. responsibility for this." Yeah, but then you ended it with language and stuff that makes it seem like you're the victim you've got so many demons you're hard done by you're the no you your family if, if all this stuff is is true we have to be careful about what's going on that stuff, then your family has the demon and it's yeah. you and you yeah. need to change <laughs> and you know and it reflects badly i think on all of us because i had a situation i took my kids to see uh the Muppets Christmas Carol with a live orchestra at Royal Albert Hall yesterday. It was John incredible. John Jones ruined it. And John, <laughs> John Jones John was Jones kicking the shit out, out of all the Muppets. <laughs> Kermit got booted across the stage. Classic um, Jones. Miss Piggy um, is in distress oh. at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was just like I was speaking to someone about uh, a fellow actor about um, what I'm doing, like uh, this podcast that I do and all that stuff. And as soon as I say MMA, and I feel it a lot with the arts industry, people have a look in their eyes and say, oh, you're into that. Is that, should you be into that? Is mm. that something you should be into? And it's still going on today. And it goes on today even more so because some of the biggest names we have in the sport, like Conor McGregor, like John Jones. I, I know it's also part of the media's fault because it's clickbait to talk about Conor McGregor doing whatever he does. And it's not as um, enjoyable or, or as profitable to talk about Dustin Poirier's charities or Wonder Boy teaching uh, kids martial arts or all of the, the, the multitudes of other stories that we could talk about in MMA highlighting the great human beings that are part of this sport. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I, I, that to me is is when these things come out and when they happen, they also have such a huge impact on setting the sport backwards and everyone involved in the sport backwards. So that is a negative. And then just from 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 an athletic point of view as well, this guy's been building up to finally move to heavyweight. He's done it the right way in terms of like I'm not just going to jump straight up to heavyweight. I'm going to put the weight on and and do it correctly so that when I go to heavyweight. I'm not 220 pounds. I'm 260 pounds. And he seemed to be doing everything the right way. And that fight with Nganu, a fight with Garn, a fight with Derek Lewis, all these Mm -hmm. things as fans of the sport were things to get hugely excited about. And obviously I I can't see those happening now. And part of me doesn't want them to happen now. I, 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 I don't want to see a person that's accused of all these things, uh, getting pay-per-view points well, and having Mike people Bank. cheer his yeah. name and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It just, the whole thing just makes me just unsettled. It's like the whole Greg Hardy thing as well. And yeah, I just, I'm not comfortable with it. And I don't think fans of the sport should be comfortable with it. Blake, do you feel that you and I have any kind of masochism because we've gone as lifelong Millwall fans, awkwardly having to bring that up to people in the arts to then add in MMA to, 
to that list of going. Oh yeah, no, there's MMA. <laughs> I do. I do think we both might have a bit of an issue. There's some it's deep, nice deep rooted stuff here because yeah. it's true. I mean, I remember when I had that annoying. Thing. I think again, said this on your podcast. Whenever you say, "Oh, I'm a Mere Wolf fan," you get people doing stupid things like, "Oh my god, oh watch out, watch yeah. out." Hide, yeah. hide the bottles and the bricks. And I was like, you're like, what the fuck are you doing, you moron? You were just talking to me absolutely fine earlier. And now you're doing these stupid little jokes. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's very tiring. But yeah, there's clearly some kind of deep-rooted problem we have with our brains where we're just trying to, I don't know, ostracize ourselves from the communities that we're supposed yeah. to be a part of. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go on next to Sean. Sh- What's been your kind of low light? of of this year for mma do you know i, I was thinking a, a very simple one um i remember i, I do a q and a every uh, uh every week and someone asked me a question once they were like who do you think will be the next person to break a bone in an mma fight and and it, it, it wasn't a bad you know it wasn't out of badness but they were like mm. in the last three events three people have broken bones and then someone did break a bone in the fourth event so th- i think that is just a simple one, a low light. Like fighter welfare. Sometimes we forget, you know, we talk about all these talking points and wins and losses and everything like that. But sometimes we just forget that this is actually like a really tough sport and there's people actually getting hurt here and people breaking bones. And, you know, it's a great 15 or 25 minutes entertainment for us, but they could be dealing with this for six months or a year. And, you know, it's it's tough. And that, that to me is a low light because we... We don't we don't have that many broken bones, like broken legs, broken arms and stuff in MMA. It's, it, it has happened down through the years. You know, we've had the leg breaks with Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman and, and things. But there seemed to be more this year than ever before. You know, the McGregor one and there was broken arms and different things. And there was a spate there of like four to five events in a row where there was one on all of them. And uh, to me, that's that's unfortunate. I don't like to see that. And MMA has become an, an oddly, I think, less violent sport um just by the nature of the improvements in skills i think uh but yeah that's certainly not a part of it that i kind of um you know i've no bloodlust for that sort of stuff or anything like that so yeah that'd be a low light for me and just fighter welfare in general i i I hope we can end every fight with every fighter being safe um and you know keep mma as a very you know sporting thing and look sometimes that gets away from us and we want those rock'em sock'em robot fights and they're always great and everything like that but still I think fighter safety is very important, and uh, that would be a low point for me from this year. Well, well, on that topic, and before I move on to Stu, I'm going to have a little bit of fun and do a quick poll. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can have w- one person retire next year. You've got to choose between Frankie Edgar and Herb Dean. Uh, oh. Sean, who are you going for? <laughs> Don't do it to me. <laughs> why, why would, why, that's the toughest question I've ever been asked in my life. You can only have one. You can only have one. Blake, who are you picking? Frankie Edgar all day Frankie. long. Yeah. Stu? Uh, yeah. Frankie. That's one person's hill. You know, Herb, yeah, you're saving a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, I'd have to go with Herb, yeah. Well, I mean, how about we go for a retirement match? Frankie V, maybe Dom, Herb Dean, um, refing. <laughs> Bisping and call me A on comms. Everyone retires. We call it a night. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on in this fall. Stu, what's been your low light? Of, I, I of was going to talk year? about um, the, the, the commentary, but it, it, and when you just spoke then um, about John Jones, uh, you know, weight gain going up to uh, to want to fight a super 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 heavyweight. One of the fighters, and I want to talk about sort of weight cutting and and um, a missing weight. Uh, a fighter that I didn't think I was going to see fight at super, super heavyweight was Paolo Costa. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and 
one of the fighters that I've never liked personally is uh, Vittori. Yeah. Uh, he's never come across very well. And all of a sudden, I wanted him to win. And I was he's, like, what's going on? He's the lovable on? fan favourite all of a what's sudden. What's going Costa on? to do like... some work to make <laughs> Vittori Costa comes in as a, the, you know, a, a, a huge monster and props to Vittori. And then it, it, it just blew my mind. He'd he, he come on and Vittori was incredible in that fight. And I just think he's turned it around. He's he's become the hero. And then I can't think who it was that interviewed him post-fight, if it was Joe or not. Straight away, just calls him a cunt. And I was like, <laughs> and there we go. Back to where I thought he was. was back, to, back to his starting point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, the, the missing of weight, just the lack of professionalism. I mean, I know some of you guys haven't caught up on all of the prelims, but on last night's fight, uh, Priscilla Cachoeira missing weight and then eye gouging to to it, it's it's outrageous if you've not seen it yet genuinely she's in a submission and she reaches back and twice puts her th- th- thumb in in her opponent's eye to try and and get out of it and not in a kind of clambering way a feeling around and then push and it's like the as all of the points have touched upon the professionalism in the sport has changed it from what it used to be of blokes going in there and beating the shit out of each other. Changed it from the perception that those who aren't fans have when we say, oh, I'm an MMA fan. And professionalism on weight cutting, professionalism on conduct with John Jones, and professionalism on fighter safety all makes it sound like I'm a good host and I've wrapped all of your points up to (laughs) 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 to make one point. Well, um, one of the things I wanted to do, looking forward to next year, is um, fantasy book a card, and, and and we get to pick kind of two fights each, which means it will be an eight fight card, which I think is the ultimate fantasy for for MMA. I would love the fight cards to be trimmed down a little. Has anyone got an instant instant f- 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 fight that you're looking at next year that you'd love to see? Sean, I see you looking already. Well, I, I had John Jones versus the heavyweight champion, but I better cross this one off after a while. <laughs> but I feel like I know, just to quickly touch on that point again, the thing about John Jones is, and McGregor as well to a certain extent, they're Teflon, you know. Nothing is yeah. going to happen, and it's and one proviso as well with American with America and kind of the law system there. It's very hard to know what actually happened because, like, mm-hmm. they they come. Oh, there was like a felony, misdemeanor, assault, and it's it can be something really, really bad, or it can be absolutely nothing. And I've that's always a provide like the Jeff Neal thing that happened last week as well. So I I wouldn't be too sure. I don't know exactly what happened, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it looks bad. And I if you were to ask me my opinion, I think it probably is bad. But I also think he probably will fight again. And if you were to maybe park that for a second, I, I want to see John Jones fighting at heavyweight and I want to see him fighting Cyril Gagne, to be honest. Now, yeah. you know, one of the fights that's happening is Gagne versus Nganu. And, you know, whoever wins that's great. I'm a big fan of, of both of those guys. But I, I'd love to see John Jones versus Nganu. But I'd love to see him... I, I'd love to see him against Nganu because Nganu could knock him out. And we all know John Jones is very hard to beat him. But I think Cyril Gagne is the only fighter in the world who could beat John Jones playing John Jones's game and yeah. over a five round fight. And that to me is someone who loves like technical fights like that, who, who are intrigued that are intriguing to break down and to look at and to think about 
that to me is absolutely one of those fights. So I, I would go with uh, Jones versus Gagne as my first one anyway. Stu, have you got a, a, a fight that comes to mind as your first pick? Um, I, I think, you know, obviously in the light of last night's, um, I just want to see Gaethje. Uh, I want to see him fight for the strap. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it went perfectly in, in, in that way because Gaethje v... And it's an interesting fight because <laughs> Oliveira keeps showing that he doesn't mind getting hit and taking shots, but that's a different shot when it's coming from Gaethje, isn't it? It's, it he's not someone that you... Can, I mean, obviously Chandler and Porio have both got amazing power, but you don't want to be kind of taking one to give one when it's it's Justin Gaethje. I love that. Gaethje's jiu-jitsu yeah. is absolutely horrendous though. Like that, yeah, that to me is a, a sure fire submission win for uh, for uh, Oliveira. It's just, yeah. I can't see that going any other way. Like Habib just destroyed him with jiu-jitsu, not so much wrestling. And I, you know, it's, it's, uh, he could knock him out early, but like, I don't think Gaethje hits as hard as Paria. Chandler yeah. hit him pretty hard as well. No, he could knock him out. Absolutely. And, but, and, yeah. and I know it's kind of the ghost of Gaethje past, but, the leg kicks like Oliveira doesn't it sounds insulting to say he looks fragile but I don't know if you saw after he won him go into the crowd and then someone almost stealing his glasses and the end of Oliveira on camera as the, as the champ was him looking on the floor to try and find his glasses which again it's, that's a beautiful champ I absolutely adore that it's like you're the baddest man on the planet he's like no we can't go I've got to find and they were all all hunting around a, 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 a Blake have you got a a first, a first pick that you'd like to see. Um, well, I mean, you would, you called it fantasy booking, yeah. So I've, yeah. I've taken that a little bit more literally. Do it, and I'll, I'll lead you in slowly because my second one is is gonna raise a few eyebrows. Um, <laughs> but I've gone for uh, Wonder Boy Thompson versus Michael Venom Page. I'd love to see it. I'd, I'd love to see it. It's the perfect introduction for Venom Page because <laughs> it. it's, it's, it's not a. It's it's a it's a karate fight. <laughs> it's a it's a karate match. It's yeah. not really an MMA match. Which we we spoke about it on on the MMA fan pod with Ryan Hall. In that, all right, I'm now happy to just watch Ryan Hall do weird Ryan Hall shit. Forget <laughs> about pushing him for a title shot or whatever else. I want to see him do his weird shit, and that's been the case with MVP for a long time. It's kind of I don't want to see him get wrestled and and pummeled and beaten up and overcome adversity. He's not a young fighter anymore. I want to see him go and do the shit that he does. Same as we've discussed with uh, Raymond Daniels and, and, and things like that. It's like, I want to see him just go and do their their madness. So, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of Wonderboy and MVP dueling in the, in the octagon. You know, it'd be one of those really super friendly ones as well, where like someone does a really flashy kick and they both smile, laugh, high five, and then go back to trying to beat each other up. Yeah. Like, and I always love yeah. stuff like that. It, it completely. It's also one of those fights that could be an absolute bore fest. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. gets anyone it's for true. three rounds. It could. <laughs> yeah, it could completely be uh, Romero's uh, Starbender mm. in that you're like, there's no way this could be boring. Mm. So, oh, yeah, because they're both waiting for the other to go. And yeah. um, well, Speaking of, of fantasy and, and weirdness, the one of the ones on my list, which I'm going to go for after last night, is Ryan Hall against Alex Caceres, uh, Bruce Leroy. Um, I think it would be really interesting. I think I was looking through that, that weight class. I was like, there's too many that I'm like, 
I don't want to put him in against a real hard hitter or 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 things like that. But I think they both do so much weird shit in their matches that um, I'm also aware that you guys are probably going to pick quite a heavy main card. So I need to 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 cover the undercard slightly. But yeah, Ryan Hall against against Bruce Leroy, I think, could be endless entertainment. Stu, I'll go. No, I'll, I'll I'll continue around the way we're going. I'll go for Sean again. Can, can I just add another one to that one? Maybe what What about um, Ryan Hall versus Cron Gracie? I've always wanted to see mm. that fight. Let, let's get a bit of a jujitsu matchup going off. You know, I forget about Cron completely because yeah. he just yeah isn't isn't there really. Oh. But yeah, that that'd be a whole lot of fun. Can I can I still pick um, an Oliveira fight? I love. I'm 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 still thinking of that briefly though. <laughs> but just the the. The complete opposites of them as BJJ players. Yeah. Of one looks like an Adonis, like the <laughs> the in amazing shape, gorgeous, and the other just looks like he, he works in the office with you. And then they're they're going into battle it out. I love. It that. feels like Bodum as well would want to prove that their style works over the other one, so it wouldn't be a yeah. kickboxing match over three rounds. No, yeah, famous last words. It might be, but yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Who's your next one? Can, am I allowed? Am I allowed pick uh, Oliveira here for another one, or is he already gone? Is well, he no, you can't actually. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone with Gaethje. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I, I want to see Habib come back. You know, I, uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to take on Blake's fantasy matchmaking here. How how dare you d- d- disrespect the oh, passing God. of his father? But go ahead. Go well, ahead. Well, he came back after his father <laughs> passed away, so he's already yeah, done true. that. So that's not my fault. True. I, I, I want to see him fight <laughs> Usman. Like. There was, you know, yeah. you know, McGregor was talking last week and saying that he's not an all-time great because he retired and everything. And okay, it's McGregor versus Sebi, but he's right. He's right. Like he's a great fighter, a very, very good fighter, but he will not go down as an all-time great if you stack him up against the likes of Ronaldo, the likes of a GSP and others, because he never took it mm-hmm. to that next level. Uh, and and because it's not boxing, yeah. the the the, the undefeated, undefeated thing, yeah. record doesn't outdo fighting and losing to re- to one or losing once or twice to really good people, but beating a lot more high level people. We don't want the sport to come be- 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 become boxing, where it's about trying to get to that undefeated level and then quit and go. I'm the best. Yeah. I'm the best of all time. And he's one of those lads as don't well that struggled to make weight really badly. I won fifty five. Yeah. And he could easily make 170 and fight Usman. What a fight that would be. Tiramisu Tuesdays all month. <laughs> exactly. He'll be all over exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah. Don't go for that one. Habib versus Usman. I love that. I'll take that. Well, Stu, who have you got as your number two? Outside of UFC, I want to see Hardy, John Wayne Parr. Mm-hmm. Nothing would excite me more than uh, to, to see that uh, over at, at one, I imagine. Um, I want to see where Paddy's going to go. And I think there's a, a legend that's kind of, you know, he's he had a, a win a little while ago, but I'd like to see Paddy the Baddy versus Clay Guida. All right, interesting. Yeah, I'd be up for that. But battle of the haircuts. <laughs> it's a good point. Battle of it's the walkout energy. Like, I just think it'd be fun. I think it'd be, if it went to the ground, it could be interesting. And I think... They both like to throw their hands as well. I think it could be a really good scrap. I mean, we need to touch upon that Clay Guida fight because he just took a beating oh and that was God. that was a 10-8 for three minutes and then maybe a 10-8 the other way for the last two minutes. It was <laughs> absolute <laughs> insanity to see that. But yeah, I'm up for that. That's a great sh- What could shout. bring more insanity to Clay Guida than Paddy the Baddy? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm all up for it. I can completely, as Blake was saying about the kind of 
um, Wonder Boy and MVP kind of congratulating each other after a good kick attempt. I can completely see Paddy and Clay just kind of nodding at each other and giving thumbs up all the time, and you'd barely get the fight done because because they'd be congratulating each other so much and just hanging out in the cage. But yeah, I love it. I'm up for that. Blake, who you got? Right. I've come to the conclusion that I've not taken this very seriously. <laughs> no, I like it. You go ahead. I've I've got I mean, one fight that I'd, I'd held off in case you wanted to to pick it. So completely you, feel free to go crazy on your... I mean, there's, there's crazy. And then there's... we As a promotion, we'll get shut down and there'll definitely be lawsuits. Here for it. Right. Okay. Well, you've opened the can of worms. So here it Ready. comes. Ladies and gentlemen, your main event of the evening, as far as I'm concerned, is we have Michelle Pereira mm-hmm. in the octagon. And outside of the octagon are 100 audience members just <laughs> lining around the octagon. Okay? There's 20 minutes on the clock and there's no break. And Michelle Pereira, for every highlight real finish he gets, gets like... 10 or 20k and if any one of the people in the audience whether they be number one or number 100 gets to beat him they win like two minutes it's squid game it's It's, squid game in mma and that's what we're doing it's completely fair because the beauty is we'll sling it on fight pass that's the whole prelims just Pereira smashing through (laughs) random people for the whole prelims it 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 solves a a slightly small card a problem Fight past means no one can really touch us. It's not on TV. It's not on this. It's on the internet. You can do what you want. That's it. That's it. Still less of a mismatch in Bellator. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) really is. I love it. Well, the fight I had um, as as my fancy one, which I I didn't want to put early in case Blake wanted to to put it, but Dom Cruz v. v Aldo. Um, I was so pleased when Cruz came back and won it last night because he was looking a bit shaky early on. And when he came back and looked just amazing and his usual self was like, now we can make... Because again, I'm not that fussed about... I'm not the biggest fan of TJ, so I don't get that. That'd be a great match. TJ and Aldo would be great. But the fact that Cruz and Aldo haven't crossed paths before, the fact of where they both are in their careers, the fact that they're both on wins, um, and we won't get it again soon. So yeah. I'm up for that. But, yeah, we, we we spoke about that as well, haven't we, Blake? That's a fight I think we'd we'd love to see. Definitely, sounds yeah, great. That, yeah, I mean, ha- having said that, though, I mean, and Cruz did really well to come back last night, but the way Aldo's going, I think I'm less interested in it than what I was because I feel like Aldo is surging and Mate, Cruz I, looks I had very it, very beatable. I had it noted down about a week ago when I started doing this and Aldo's performance and then half of Cruz's last night. I was like, I don't ever yeah. want this anymore, but it's it's a, yeah. I'm, it's on my list. It's a good one. So yeah, I feel I mean, that. Well, that's a hell of a card, particularly the fight pass portion. Um, <laughs> so I'm all up for that. Well, to kind of start to, uh, to wrap things up, I want to know who's your kind of one or ones to watch in 2022. And I want to know your one wish for MMA in 2022 i know i'm springing this on you so i'll go first my my one wish is that chow sonnen learns how to say a fighter's name i mean i'd love it if he learns how to say all fighters name but any will do um i love listening to chow because of his outrageousness but him referring to nunez as noons 
Yair as Yair. I mean, I don't like Tommy Fury, but he did a whole section on how Will Fury has blown his chance by pulling out of the um, of, of, of the fight with Jake Paul. Like, who's there's not a Will Fury. You, the, I, I think he makes him up. He makes him up with Will Fury. That's what he did. Yeah, I think. The, the, that's what I wondered. But yeah, it's constant on that podcast, honestly, and it feels like it's a joke. And the fact that he regularly does stuff with people like Ariel, who's really good at that shit, and yeah. So my one wish would be that Chael um, learns how to to, to say any name. But my one I want to watch, I've got two that come to mind. One is partly because of Severe MMA, and I tweeted about it, but Jai Herbert's performance in his last fight, I'd only really seen him in the UFC and hadn't... I'd heard all this hype coming in, two-weight champ, all of this... I've seen him in the UFC, hadn't been impressed. That performance last time, he looked like a, a world beater. Just the fluidity of the combination he did. So I'm excited for him. And the other one, it's hardly a one to watch because he's already highly ranked. But Fizoev, I'm just, oh, I just okay. can't get enough from, yeah, from the first time I saw him in the UFC, it was like, I just want to watch this guy fight all the time. So I think he's got bags of potential just sparking people out. Um, I'll go to Sean again. Who's your like? What's your one in MMA wish, and who are your your one to watch or ones to watch, depending on what you fancy? Okay, my my wish. I think we'd all agree on my wish. Earlier cards. Let's have a just a little bit earlier. I hate them if they're too early. Like if we're starting at seven o'clock, well, that's interfering with the yeah. evening Premier League game. Just give me like ten o'clock, twelve o'clock. You know, They've spoiled three. us a little bit, haven't they? Because they, they did a, they bit, did a few yeah. of them this year. They had a little run where there was these like seven o'clock prelim starts and things like that. And it's like, oh, this is nice. And then, yeah, straight back to main card us. at three o'clock and we're finishing at six. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel I you think there. That. My ones to watch, I, you know, I have to say an Irish one. I have to say Gary, obviously, but there's other ones as well. Danny Neal and lots, lots of the Irish MMA fighters. I'll put all of them together. And I got, I've I've got Ian Gary written down. I assume he's written down for everyone <laughs> yeah, on this on, on this well, chat. So Amanda Nunes after last night, she has to be because that that's yeah. a big story. Like if you're looking at the that's biggest stories in next year, what happens? Yeah. Or if she loses, it's massive. And if she wins, it, it what's going to happen next? Is just, she just going to like turn back into the goat? Is she going to fight Kayla Harrison? What's going to happen? That's a big one. And also AJ McKee. Like it's it's mm-hmm. funny because. I think the the level of fighter outside of the UFC has risen in a, in an odd way in the last few years because the UFC haven't been signing some of the up-and-coming talent and have been signing a lot of people who are maybe not the top up-and-coming talent in Dana White Contender Series. Now, there is some good people in Dana White Contender Series as well. But say you have Kale Harrison outside of the UFC, who by the time maybe this comes out, you might be in the UFC. But you have, you know... AJ McKee, Pitbull, James Gallagher, or others, whoever you might think coming on their way up, Fabian Edwards, whoever it might be. But AJ McKee is like the best fighter outside of the UFC in a long time. You know, you could argue that he is the best featherweight in the world. He is unbelievable. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does, whether he can find his way to the UFC maybe, or whether he's going to fight Patricio again, or, you know, maybe, yeah. I, I know he probably won't fight Aaron Pico because they're teammates and things, but, um, yeah, he's definitely one to watch. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal fighter, and uh, it's 
you know, we, we have to give credit to people even when they're in, not in the UFC if they're that good. And I definitely think he is one as well. But yeah, those all the Irish fighters, AJ McKee, Amanda Nunes, we mind. I feel like AJ has been slightly overlooked mm. despite having an absolutely amazing year in that division. People still reference Pitbull outside, yeah. but not but not talking about AJ so much. That's a great shout. Stu, what's your wish and who's your... Your ones to watch or one to watch? Uh, my wish is that Leon Edwards uh, gets gets a break. Just just yeah. get some luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone throw that guy some help. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I, I just want to see him. I'd love to see him get the shot at the title. Um, I remember, I think it was on the podcast, I said before the Diaz fight, I said the most Diaz thing ever would be to come in and b- beat Leon right before his title shot. I was wrong. The most Diaz thing ever was to lose handily and then catch him at the end and walk around as if he's won and take all the credibility away from him. That's the most Diaz thing ever. Not even win. Just catch him and go, yeah, he's a pussy. It's like, oh, all right, forget it. Yeah, I feel you uh, there. I've got um, Ian Gary, obviously, just really interested to see how they're gonna how they're gonna sort of work in the fact that he's. Uh, Based in in the states a lot now as well. I think he, he he could be featuring on a lot of the bigger cards rather than than uh, than than I think. You know, I don't even know if he's going to be on the London card. I don't know if they're going to kind of really sort sort of push him through the ranks over there and make him a, a real star. I hope so because he's he you know he's incredible to watch and he's got star quality. You know, we've all we've, we've all spoke to him and like you know he's uh, he's not a shy lad, but he's you know but he's 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 he's, he's you know he's got plenty to say. But there's never anything. It's always really, you know. There's there's nothing mean in anything he says. He doesn't trash talk people. Yeah. But he's just got bags of charisma and like and you know, and to see that come from, you know, uh, our shores is amazing. So yeah, su- super excited for that. Um, the fighter uh, that I, hmm, yeah, I had in Gary, but I also want to throw out um, Lerone Murphy. You know, uh, yeah. eleven wins. And uh, I think, I mean, was you with Lerone last night, Blake? I was, yeah, yeah, Lerone. Yeah, he's doing doing well. He's not got a fight booked or anything at the moment, but he's training and ticking over and in good spirits, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, he's uh, just looked really, really impressive so far in, in the UFC and, and look forward to seeing what's to come from him next year. And and did you have your your one wish in general for, for MMA? Yeah. Leon Edwards, just give him some just luck. Leon to get a break, of course. Yeah, sorry. Perfect. So, Blake, what have you got? What's your wish and what are your uh, your, your ones to watch? Um, so, I, I had the earlier cards and I'm happy with like 7 o'clock. I'm not mm-hmm. like sure. Now, you know, 7 o'clock's great for me. Sure, I'm on at 5. I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. The earlier cards. But as Sean's sort of taken that one um, and I'm sort of thinking on my feet, I want to see the return of Zabit. Where's Zabit? I was such a huge yeah. fan of Zabit. I love the way he looked. I love his style. He seemed competent in, in both the flashy, exciting striking and the grappling. But there was also that kind of that gap in the armor where cardio-wise was a little bit of a question mark with him. So he, di- he didn't seem unbeatable particularly if he got a five-round fight. But now I don't know what's going on with him, but he's been out for a really long time. Yeah, really long time. And that that featherweight division is absolutely stacked as well. And to slot him back in there would just make it all the better. Is now the time to maybe finally do him the 
y- Yair, after how Yair looked against Max. Yeah. Just again, Yair's always had question marks on if he can... Obviously, he's really good, but can he take the pressure and all this kind of thing? Is he at that high a level? And I think a lot of people early would have been picking Zabit over over Yaya, and I think now that would be a really interesting match yeah. to make. Although Yaya is probably too far ahead of him because of of inactivity. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if Zabit comes back, you could throw him straight into a top ten fight. But I think personally, I would ease him in a little bit more rather than Yaya. I'd, I'd 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 show him, and again, it's not an easy fight, but I'd give him an Emmett or an Ige, someone mm-hmm. in that top 10 mm-hmm. that you think Zabit on paper should win this, but he's been out for so long that you just don't know. Um, yeah. So someone like, something like that. So that that to me would be great. I'd love to see Zabit back and see what's been going on with him uh, as my wish. Um, ones to watch. I mean, in terms, it's it's hardly low key, but in terms of storyline, what's going to happen with Hamzat Shemaev is going to be super yeah. exciting. Does he fight Neil Magny? Does he bypass him? Is he straight into a Colby Covington fight? Like, does he fight for a belt this year, uh, next year, sorry, or yeah. this year when this goes out? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, like, that's all really exciting stuff. Um, but Tom Aspinall, for me, I think is so brilliant. And I think... Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that he's he's sparred with and trained with Tyson Fury uh, for his striking. He's, he's been like a jiu-jitsu black belt. His dad was like one of the first people to be like a jiu-jitsu black belt in the UK or something. Like that. I can't remember exactly what he told us, but I know that his dad was a, a huge part of jiu-jitsu uh, being a big thing in, in, in England. Um, so, you know, he's great on the ground. He's great on the feet. His footwork, I think, is phenomenal for a heavyweight. It's up there, mm-hmm. probably, in my opinion, only second to Cyril Garn uh, in terms of that heavyweight division from what I've seen. And he's got such a great attitude. Like, he's happy yeah. to just kind of take it step by step or, or by that's step. That's what I was going to say. Hearing him on, on your <clears throat> podcast, I love his kind of almost reverse chat or reverse hype. He's really like, like it, I laughed out loud when he said, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I'm looking at getting a title sh- shot in the next five or six years. I'm like, you're a heavyweight, mate. You can't be in the UFC for five or six years and not have at least two title shots if you're if if, if you're going to be as 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 good as you are. But again, that kind of outlook of no, nah, there's no rush. I'll take my time. I want to beat everyone along the way. Yeah, that's a yeah. A, a great shout. I'd throw J- a Jack Shaw in. I think he's yes. one that has just looked mm. so good, and I don't know the limit on him. Um, th- is the limit? you know, sometimes the lack of excitement or sometimes the lack of a call out or whatever else. He's great on Twitch and stuff. He's got he's got character, he's got he's got build. But um yeah, I think that's an interesting one of where he will he slot into the Leon Edwards kind of role of just winning, 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 but not getting a break because he's not a Paddy or an Ian Gary or or whomever else. Yeah. yeah, and wouldn't we all like to see Arnold Allen have a more active yeah. time? Oh, yeah. oh that's a constantly out injured. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be Definitely. really nice if he can be healthy and, uh, and you know, either get on that March 19th card against someone. I know he's been calling for Korean Zombie. We'll Korean see Zombie how that goes. Great. I think there's loads he, of people he in that deserves like good, be a good fit. Like eight-fight UFC win streak or something mm-hmm. like that that he's on at the moment. It's just nuts. So fingers crossed uh, that he gets healthy and can have, even if he has two fights in a year, that is quite good for Arnold Allen. Yeah. I love Wouldn't it. We all... Love to see Chris Barnett open up a uh, a tutorial for Wallcats and uh, and celebrations that uh, all yeah. fighters must attend. I'm down with that. 
I love it. I love it. Well, I'll wrap things up there, gents. I appreciate your time. Where can people... Let's start with Sean. Where can people keep up to what you're doing and get all of what you're doing? I know you're you're on Severe MMA, you're on Patreon, um, you're on Sherdog. Tell the people where to find yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's basically, yeah, the Severe MMA podcast comes out every Sunday. Uh, give us a subscri- subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get it. It's free every Sunday. We're on Patreon. We have a podcast every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, usually. So, you know, price of a pint a month it's not too bad and in Sherdog I have three shows um, a week on Sherdog on the YouTube all up for free as well so loads of content of like 10 pieces of content the, every week so as I said I know I'm, I've already praised it plenty but the one of the beauties of the Severe MMA podcast is you will be reviewing the event mm-hmm. straight away it'll be out hours afterwards mm-hmm. kind of. you'll record it either that night or that morning and that's hard to do. That's hard to do from your point of view and hard to find mm. as a fan when you are itching to hear someone talk about it. it yeah, it's a it's a great choice, so I recommend it highly. Stu, B- Blake, what's, uh, what's going on with the MMA fan pod? What's ahead? And where can people find you? We're on all the usual places. You can uh, you can get us on Acast, iTunes, and, uh, and Spotify, all the, the, the normal places. Um, we've got some coming out soon what have we got cory mckenna coming soon um, uh jai herbert and muay thai legend liam harrison all coming out soon and also i think one of the big things about our podcast that i constantly bang on about is that the interviews aren't just about like who's this guy fighting next or the fight they've just come from it's about them as a person as an individual along with what's going on in their fight career as well so if you want to get a bit more of in-depth kind of knowledge into some of your favourite fighters, whether it be Ian Gary, Paddy Pimblett, Dan Hardy, or, or Mark Goddard, Alexander Volkanovsky, whoever it is. Uh, check out the back catalogue, because I feel like the episodes age incredibly well because of the types of questions that we ask that are just, you know, about them as individuals, not necessarily time-sensitive stuff. And it's not yet, yeah, how how, how's your training camp been? Because, again, the no. answer to that is always the same. But I think any fighter yeah. would turn around and go, oh, it's been... Or the Hardwicks probably would if that had a shit show. Yeah. Oh, it's been awful, mate. It's been shit. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, yeah, in general, yeah, you, I, I love that you guys ask... As you say, like evergreen questions. So it's more here's here's this fighter's story rather than what are you going to do in there against this guy and so on and so yeah. forth. Although you've got a lot of questions you ask that I love. I have to give question of the year to Sean for sitting in front of Sergio <laughs> Pettis and saying, at what point did you realise you were better than your brother Anthony? Which was just, I mean, I was sitting there, my jaw dropped. I was like, he's literally just said that. To, I love it. I love it. So, yeah. He didn't answer me. Hell of a question. <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to draw an answer out of him. Like, but he does, yeah, he did it. Yeah, yeah. You, you went back to it. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm not in competition with Anthony, blah, blah. And you're ah, like, come on. But seriously, when, 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 <laughs> so, mate, he's chasing him down. Uh, well, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. I could chat to all three of you for, for fucking hours, but I appreciate your time. And how exciting is it being an MMA fan at the moment? Great. There's the so best. much good shit Brilliant. going on. I love it. Well, thank you very much, gents. Thanks, Lars Pip. Thank you. Cheers, mate.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was episode 428. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We're having a Saturday one, right? I wonder when you guys will listen to it. I wonder how many will listen to on the Saturday and how many will just pick up on the Monday. But either way, we've got another episode coming your way on Wednesday and it's the first singular guest the first traditional distraction pieces of the year and i've got a huge guest in ivana lynch who's an amazing actor was in harry potter is a wonderful kind of activist and just she's got an amazing book out recently and yeah we we had a great chat i won't go on about it too much now all I'll say is if you enjoyed this episode and you're an MMA fan, head back into the archive. I've had a few episodes with Dan Hardy, uh, one with Mark Goddard. I had Rory McDonald on, MVP. Some really good people, but also really delve into the Severe MMA and the MMA Fan Podcast uh, back catalogues. They're amazing. Become a regular a listener and supporter. Yeah, I'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.